hey folks, it's Chris Schember here, broadcasting live from uh, not so sunny New York City. Um, honored to be sitting with uh, a new friend all the way across the country in San Francisco, Jeremy Burton. Welcome to the conversation. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you. You know, I know you have such a tremendous backstory from uh, moving from overseas. Uh, doing many different things in life, building this company and the great, uh, the great growth curve that you are, that you and your team are on. And the question I have in the midst of all of this is if you could give credit or thanks to one person in your life that you don't give enough credit or thanks to, or just have never thought to give any credit or thanks to, whether it's someone you've never met before or someone you've known your entire life, who would that be? That's a fantastic question. I thought very hard about this question because I think, honestly, there are so many people uh, that contribute towards success and many unsung heroes. I imagine you have many people who uh, perhaps give you a similar response. I would have to say that my wife is the, the one person that I would thank. I think that in every company founder's journey, there is someone behind the scenes who is taking up the slack, so to speak, or taking care of, of everything that needs to be taken care of. And I've been very lucky that I found someone who I think complements my, my strengths and my weaknesses and has always been able to handle all those things that he's handling because honestly, my head has been so much in um, building the companies that I've I've built. And I think when you're young and when I started my career in my 20s, it is a less complicated time in your life. Your life is simpler and and perhaps you don't have so many other things outside of work to take care of. But I'm about to turn 45. I'm on startup number nine. I have three children. I I have a a rich and um, complicated life outside of work. So many people would say, well, you know, this is not the time in your life to be still working on startups because you have so many other responsibilities. And the only way that that can happen is because my wife is able to take care of certain aspects of our life together that mean that I'm able to just have so much of my mental energy on, on building Winolo and, you know, I can have a degree of flexibility in terms of the, you know, the time that it needs to make everything happen. So it maybe is a, an obvious answer, but it's a, it's a very real answer. And you met your wife before your nine startups or in the middle of it? <laughs> Somewhere midstream. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she knew, what she, she knew what she was getting into for sure. Yeah. So I think you kind of notionally have an idea of what it's going to be like, but there are definitely times when it's very hard to be present. And I think it's important to recognize that you can be physically present, but if your head's not in the game, then you're not really present in a meaningful sense. So I think that is a source of difficulty in any relationship. So I think you have to have a lot of flexibility and, um, and, and sympathy and understanding. So she definitely gets applause for that. She was, was she ever the first person that you told about any of your new business ideas? That's a fantastic question. I would say sometimes yes, sometimes no. So 
to give you a bit of context there, my wife, whose name is Catherine, by the way, she, <laughs> she had just completed her MBA and then uh, she was pregnant with our son. So she's, you know, very smart and she's able to understand, of course, and, you know, give me honest feedback on um, a lot of the ideas I come up with. And I'm someone who comes up with a lot of ideas, many of which are complete completely useless so she's been a great she's been a great filter for those things and a and a great person to uh, kind of keep my feet on the ground in terms of not letting me get high on my own supply so um absolutely she's someone that i can bounce ideas off so in a way she's like an seed stage early stage investor for a lot of your newest ventures i would say that's absolutely right i mean she's putting in the time at home so that I can put in the time working on the ideas. So I think that's an absolutely great way of looking at it. And, and what, you know, what along the way have you learned from your wife? I think my wife is someone who has no filter in a very good way and a very bad way. So I think one of the things that happens to you as you start to become successful, I'm, I'm by no means, wildly successful like many of the people you've spoken to but you do tend to kind of end up in a bubble surrounded by people who have got agendas who have got reasons to tell you that your ideas are correct or that you're very smart or that you know you you know you're doing all the right things and that becomes obviously extremely dangerous and i think one of the things that i would say about my wife is that she she always reminds me of who I really am rather than who I play on TV, if you see what I mean. So she's, she, brings me, she brings me back down to earth, you know, reminds me of the reality of uh, the laws of physics and the way things work in the real world and, you know, my limitations and my biases and, and my perspectives. So I think that is hugely helpful in kind of checking my enthusiasm for new ideas and my kind of blind faith in things that, you know, interest me and excite me. And your wife kind of being, you know, that, that good challenger, yep. you know, you know, people need a juror and a cheerleader and a challenger and a partner and a supporter. In which ways do you do the same for her? I think that one of the things that I'm able to do, and this, you know, this is definitely a double-edged sword, is take a very dispassionate view when needed. I am, I think, someone who is generally good in a very stressful situation. I, I, I guess I've been in a lot of very stressful situations and I've learned to cope and I guess switch off my emotions. That sounds very kind of negative or, or borderline psychopathic, but, um, you know, able to kind of keep a a straight head in difficult circumstances and you know my wife is very involved with our family and our kids and everything else and I think there are there are difficult times when that can be very stressful and you know I'm hopefully able to provide a little bit more of a dispassionate kind of broader perspective and I think that you know is is helpful at times <laughs> not always but it definitely can be helpful in you know in stressful circumstances and what 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 ways do you think she needs more support in uh, that maybe not are the language that you're used to speaking? I think that when you are 
a startup founder. And I think there's also generally, a, maybe this is a stereotype, but a, a gender issue here that I generally get straight into problem solving mode when presented with a challenge. And I think in, in many relationships, not, you know, not just romantic relationships, but work relationships as well, often what people want is just to be heard. They don't want you to jump into problem-solving mode. They don't want you to solve all of, their, all of their problems. But I'm so preconditioned to do that because building companies is just all about a series of problems that occur that you have to triage and impact and an endless supply of uh, high-risk, low-data decisions one after another. So I think learning to take a pause and just listen and understand that people are not necessarily, not just my wife, but many of the people that um, I interact with, they're not necessarily looking for me to come up with a solution. They're not looking for me to be the problem solver. They're just looking for me to listen um, and empathize. And I think that is something that I've hopefully, as I've got a little bit older, got better at than I was when I was, uh, when I was younger, but still something that you know, can be a challenge at times, especially in times of high stress. How do you work on that skill, the ability to be a good listener? <laughs> um, I think it's laughably simple um, in theory. It's very hard to do in, in practice, but I, I hope I've got, gone better at it. I just watch out in any conversation for how much I'm talking versus how much the other person is talking and how far um, the conversation has gone without me saying anything. Um, and I think ultimately that is, you know, that is what you have to look for in terms of the, the balance in the conversation is really, are you, are you jumping in with solutions and are you kind of stepping other person's toes as they try and express themselves? So I really try and look at like, can I go for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, just listening and making sure I really understand properly before I react and try and give any kind of solution. I mean, that's, that's pretty forward thinking of you as a, co-founder as a CTO and, you know, big executive position uh, wanting to just listen and empower your team to come to the answers themselves. That's pretty neat. Yeah, I think, and I, I say this to many of the people here at Winolo is I see my role as the company founder to make myself redundant. You know, you start out, you have to wear all the hats, you have to do many different things, many of which you have little or no experience in doing. And, and gradually as a company has grown, uh, you're able to you know, take away those responsibilities. And ultimately, I think if you've been successful in doing that, you know, you are, you've put yourself out of a job in a, in a good way. In the last six months, I've brought in a VP of engineering and a VP product. And with those two new people on the team who are way more experienced and way better at doing those roles than I am, you know, I've, I've taken off my plate a lot of, the, you know, day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month uh, responsibilities. And that's really been incredibly, you know, freeing in the sense of now I can really think about, you know, what is the culture we're building in the organization? What is the right process? What is, are we hiring the right people? How is morale? You know, are we doing meetings effectively, you know, a lot more of the kind of the DNA and the culture of the company, you know, is something I can now focus a lot more on. So that's been, that's been very, uh, that's been very useful. How much of your wife's values 
or intention to challenge you or way she supports your small group, your family, how much of that do you actively communicate within your organization? What, what values do you attribute to the stories you've shared with your wife? Yeah, another great question. So I have been really lucky in my career. The first 10 years of my life, I was involved in the sort of mobile or wireless industry, working on smartphones before they're even called smartphones. And that was a kind of great foundation. I had some success. And what that kind of gave me a springboard to do is in the last 10 years, I've really been able to focus on businesses that combine uh, social good with technology. And sometimes that's a very hard thing to do because the kind of mantra of Silicon Valley and the venture capital community is, you know, obviously look at the, 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 the business side, look at the growth, look at the economic outcomes. But I've been successful uh, a few times now in trying to sort of balance that with a broader social mission. And my wife, when she was working, was very much focused on nonprofit finance. That was her specialty is providing finance and accountancy to, mm -hmm. to nonprofits, to schools. And I think both of us have a very strong desire to serve the underserved. Um, and my wife definitely looks at it from the perspective of of education, particularly pre-K education, and you know, how do you provide kids with a great start in life, and how do you provide parents with the ability to work without feeling guilty about their children and the, the welfare of their children? So I think we very much share this desire to help the underserved, to democratize access, and that's very much more you know, Winolo is all about. We, we started Winolo with the intention of serving this community of people who are not well served by traditional employment and temp staffing and provide a kind of positive environment, a positive platform where they can prove themselves on the job rather than proving themselves with a resume and interviews, you know, build a profile on our platform, build a reputation, develop new skills, try and, you know, better themselves and kind of, we're trying to give them a way of kind of getting the first rung up, first rung on the ladder, but also further developing themselves and earning rewards and, and giving them a sense of forward progress rather than just kind of treading water on the platform. And I think that's why Wonolo has been pretty sticky for uh, our um, Wonolo, as it's called them, because we're kind of providing them with more than just treading water, living paycheck to paycheck. So I think a lot of that sort of sense of wanting to serve the underserved is something that I, I definitely share with my wife. Hmm. And what's something, uh, if she was on this phone call with you instead of me, this guy with the fanny pack in New York City, what, mm -hmm. what would you say to her right now? Uh, thank you. I think, yeah, it wouldn't, none of this would happen without our partnership. It just wouldn't be, it wouldn't be feasible. And I think the two of us just, we complement each other very well and, and counteract each other's strengths and weaknesses. So, yeah, I think thank you is, uh, would be the most important thing. What's your name? Catherine. Catherine. Beautiful name. <laughs> Well, Jeremy, thank you for sharing what you shared about her today. To all our listeners out there, I, I certainly learned a lot about 
how important it is to not look at your relationships as a, something separate from your business, but something intrinsically valuable to everything you do. So much to say to call them your first investor. Uh, so much so to call them front line on everything you. And they certainly have earned that privilege and they have that power. And it's a, a beautiful thing to have just heard from you, Jeremy. So thank you for it. Thank you so much. It was great to uh, chat with you today. To all our listeners out there, please, Jeremy and his team are, are completely upending, uh, completely disrupting a multi-billion dollar staffing industry. And if you have any needs, please uh, check them out. Winolo. We'll put the information below. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I hope y'all are having a phenomenal day on Earth. Remember, folks, it's your world. Go explore, and we'll see you next interview. Mm-hmm.